0: America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show.
1: And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is a great day, a great week. It is a week when uh, uh, President Trump has basically announced, all but formally announced, a major new plan to increase the power of the presidency. Uh, to increase the power of the presidency, how? Uh, by making sure that the president has personal control of a whole group of federal agencies that in the past have been more independent. Uh, some of this may involve changing the law. Some of this may involve simply the decision of the newly reelected president if he gets there. We're going to ask Mike Pence how he feels about that and about this uh, controversial changes that uh, President Trump is planning to make. Would he make similar changes to increase presidential power if he is elected? We'll be speaking to Vice President uh, Pence in a matter of minutes, as a matter of fact. But before then, there are three wildly controversial ads uh, that have been getting some national attention. And uh, just so that you can hear them, and I know it's different than seeing them. But let me tell you the first ad. The first ad is for adults only, okay? And it basically begins with uh, two uh, people who are obviously models, and uh, male and female. And uh, they are in their underwear, and they are uh, making whoopee, as they say and one of them reaches for a condom when they suddenly notice there's somebody else in the room who's trying to take the condom away from him that someone else is a republican congressman well not in real life they have an actor who plays the republican congressman this is an ad that's being used uh, by the uh, democrats in ohio where there are a number of crucial races one of the races that will determine what abortion policy is in the state There are actually two different votes on that and uh... then there is the senate race that is coming up in uh... november of two thousand twenty four next november uh... but this is the uh, way the ad sounds and just imagine there are two people writhing in passion when they're interrupted by a silver-haired republican politician uh... listen it sounds like this <laughs> So you
2: have
0: a condom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can't use those.
2: What are you talking about? Who are you?
0: I'm your Republican congressman. Now that we're in charge, we're banning birth control.
2: This is our decision, not yours. Get out of our bedroom.
0: I won the last election. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to watch and make sure you don't do anything illegal.
1: Okay, uh, by the way, the acting is not going to win any Emmys or Oscars here by, by anyone, especially because he can't do the Emmys or Oscars because everybody's on strike. And uh, I, this is so absurd because, honest to goodness, there is no state in the union where they are attempting to ban birth control. I, it's, it's an absurdity. And uh, the idea that condoms which we have uh, spent a great deal of of money and and sex education education in public schools promoting condoms the idea that they would ban people trying to use a condom well okay it's an ad uh, and it's supposed to get people to vote for the incumbent Democratic senator Sherrod Brown who is considered to be one of the most vulnerable of all the Democrats if they get the right candidate, hot primary they have in Ohio, running against him. And and then there's another ad, which is the DeSantis ad, and it's pretty aggressive in attacking Donald Trump. Now, here's the controversial thing. It uses AI. How does it use AI? It takes the actual words that Trump authored and uh, then it, it uses the AI to deliver those words in his distinctive voice. The ad sounds like this.
0: Governor Kim Reynolds is a conservative champion. She signed the heartbeat bill and stands up for Iowans every day. So why is Donald Trump attacking her?
1: I opened up the governor position for Kim Reynolds, and when she fell behind, I endorsed her. Did big rallies, and she won. Now she wants to remain neutral. I don't invite her to events.
0: Trump should fight Democrats, not Republicans. What happened to Donald Trump? Never Back Down is responsible for the content of this act.
1: Okay, never back down. That's a uh, 30-second ad from uh, the DeSantis campaign. Uh, In terms of the AI voice of Donald Trump, what do you say? Pretty convincing? Uh, I think very few people would realize that it was not the actual Donald Trump. And uh, then they didn't need to use any AI with an ad for Chris Christie where he is – Actually, together with uh, Jake Tapper of CNN, and their ad for Chris Christie sounds like this.
3: You're legally not allowed to coordinate with your super PAC, so you might be seeing this ad I'm about to play for the first time, but I want to play you a video that your super PAC is going to release tomorrow.
1: Should you show up to the debate?
0: Because if you do, your opponents will bring up the impeachments, the indictments bring up how you lost to Joe Biden. So, Donald, you need to decide. Are you a chicken or just a loser?
3: They're calling him a chicken or a loser. I guess he he has to make a choice there. Uh, What's your reaction to this ad? Well, it's the first time I've seen it, but I think it's probably a pretty good question. Um, And he should show up at the debates and defend his record. The Republican Party voters who are deciding who our nominees should be, um, should be able to make that decision by comparing all the candidates who qualify for the debate stage um, right next to each other, challenging each other's records, discussing each other's plans for the future of America and how they're going to beat Joe Biden. And uh, we're happy because uh, now, Jake, almost 45,000 individual donors went to Chris and donated that we have qualified for the debate stage. We'll be there on August 23rd and we'll be waiting for Donald Trump.
1: Uh, Christie's good on this issue. I mean, I, I, the, obviously the ad is addressed to Donald Trump specifically and with the hope that the, the chicken sounds uh, that uh, they feature on the ad would uh, help to lure Trump out of hiding. Uh, speaking of somebody who needs no lure out of hiding, James Carville uh, is on with Anderson Cooper on CNN and has some comments about one of the other candidates for president for the Green Party, uh, Professor Cornell West. This is uh, the raging Cajun, James Carville on the one and only Cornell West candidate for president. Uh, listen, clip three.
3: First of all, he's obviously an accomplished scholar, academic. Uh, he seemed to be a, a, a very charming man. And he's also a minister to the threat of the continued constitutional order in the United States. And I I say that because look what Ralph Nader was directly responsible for the election of George W. Bush, which brought about this horrific Iraq war and this horrific uh, economic downturn we had, among other things. Uh, Jill Stein, who's his campaign manager, is almost certainly an agent of the Russian government. If you don't believe me, somebody at home google photo general flynn vladimir putin jill stein she was hosted by the russians prior to her running in 2016. so you know people are going to have to decide do we want to continue under our constitution because donald trump is telling us that very clearly uh is, is bragging about the fact that that he doesn't want to live under the constitution anymore and it's very clear that the only thing that Dr. West's candidacy can do is help elect Donald Trump.
1: It is dramatic that Jill Stein, who was the Green Party nominee for president in 2016, played a very, very big role, particularly in the state of Michigan and the state of Wisconsin, uh, in, in getting uh, Trump to win those states. What about Pence? winning the nomination. We'll be speaking to the former vice president, a great honor to speak to him, Mike Pence. On The Michael Medved Show, a great honor to welcome back to the show uh, somebody that I have admired and known for many years. His name is Mike Pence. He was vice president of the United States And at a moment uh, that was viewed by most of the world as a very dark moment for the American people and for our constitutional republic, he emerged with uh, heroic stature. And there's no other way to put it. Uh, Vice President Pence, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Uh, Michael, it's wonderful to be back on The Michael Medved Show. And thank you for your kind words. I'm, I'm very humbled by it. I think you know how much respect I have for you.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, Let me ask you a question, because there was a huge series of articles today and yesterday about your former boss, Donald J. Trump, uh, planning to increase presidential power. Uh, It says that with his aides, uh, their plans are to centralize more power in the Oval Office Uh, that stretch far beyond the former president's recent remarks that he would order a criminal investigation into his rival, President Joe Biden. This is actually uh, seeking to end any traces of independence in a number of semi-independent federal agencies, including the Justice Department. Uh, Would you uh, go along with this idea of expanding the power of the Oval Office, of the Presidential Office?
0: Well, Michael, it's a very important question, and, and let me say the reason I'm running for president is because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. But what we ought to do at this time is hew to our roots in the Constitution of the United States. We ought to, we ought to seize on this moment to restore confidence uh, in our institutions of government, beginning with our Justice Department. It's one of the reasons why I said uh, if I'm elected president of the United States in November of 2024, uh, we're we're going to clean house on the top floor of the Justice Department, because the, the leadership of uh, everything from the FBI, not just the Attorney General, but the deputies there, uh, the American people have lost confidence, and we have got to have men and women uh, who are respected for their dedication to the rule of law, uh, I'm frankly, across the political spectrum, serving in the Justice Department. Lady, blind is, Lady Justice is blind, rather. and. We've got to restore that confidence. But with regard to reorganizing government, I, I will tell you, I'm somebody that wants to reduce the size of government. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a limited government conservative, and I, I, I'd like to be shuttering a lot of these agencies, the bureaucracies that are, that are pouring all kinds of red tape on job creators around the country. I'd like to, I'd like to close the Federal Department of Education and send those dollars back to the states including where I live in Indiana, to promote education, innovation, and expanded opportunities. So, so rather than trying to concentrate a power in Washington, D.C., I'd like to get back to limiting the power of Washington, D.C. Let's, let's, let's have less government uh, and uh, more freedom in America. That will be my agenda.
1: Uh, part of your agenda has always been uh, to be a very strong supporter of the state of Israel. Uh, last night you received you, an award. Uh, at the uh, national meeting for Kufi for the Christians United for Israel you received their annual Defender of Israel award and this comes right after the leader of the Progressive Caucus for the Democrats in the House of Representatives uh, representative Pramila Jayapal uh, said that Israel is a racist state uh, your comment Anti-Semitism
0: has no place in American public discourse, and certainly it has no place in the Congress of the United States. And, um, you know, the the comments of uh, Congresswoman Paul, while she took them back, were a disgrace. Uh, And the fact that yesterday uh, one of her colleagues in the so-called squad, Congresswoman Tlaib, actually doubled down and and called uh, Israel a a racist government. is We we just got to call them out. I mean, I was, I was glad to see House Republicans take action to remove Congresswoman Elon Omar uh, from the House International Relations Committee, where I served for many years, uh, after she used anti-Semitic tropes. But we're still waiting on the Democrat leadership to step up and put their own house in order and make it clear that this the anti-Semitic rhetoric— uh, from people in uh, in elective office in the Congress of the United States is utterly unacceptable, and there'll be consequences when people use it. But I, I will tell you, beyond all of that, uh, I, I'm deeply disappointed uh, with the fact that after we spent four years sending an unambiguous message of support for our most cherished ally, Israel, we um, moved the embassy to Jerusalem. We recognized the Golan Heights. We we shut down the PLO office in Washington, D.C. We got out of the Iran nuclear deal. All of that set the table, not for more conflict in the Middle East, Michael, but as you know, it set the table for the first Middle East peace deal in 25 years. The Abraham Accords normalized relationships between Israel and Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. And the, the Biden administration has gone back to the most charitable way, you could say, is they've gone back to an ambiguous support of Israel they've made no progress in expanding the peace across the region and it took seven months for President Biden to even invite Prime Minister Netanyahu to come to the White House I mean under our administration and if I have the privilege of being president if the world knows nothing else the world will know this America stands with Israel
1: well America has also been standing sometimes hesitantly by the Biden administration with Ukraine and i was struck by the fact that president trump says he now favors ukraine support is he coming around president trump to a position that you have held unequivocally uh from the beginning of this war this uh, brutal and vicious attack by putin on uh, the nation of ukraine
0: well look what's what's happening in ukraine the last year and a half and you understand michael medved is it's a Russian invasion. And I was actually in Ukraine a couple of weeks ago just to, to see for myself the, the aftermath of that war and what what Russia has done there and, and the destruction of, of, uh, of, of homes, and the civilian population. I was in a city where 500 men, women, and children were gunned down in the streets in a small village just north of, of Kiev a year and a half ago. And there was a mass grave of 500 people, but look, all of that being said the reason why it's imperative that we continue to provide ukraine with the support they need to repel the russian invasion and and i'm pleased to hear at least at least half of president trump's position now is to increase support uh for ukraine the reason we need to give them the resources to repel the russian invasion because i have no doubt that if Vladimir Putin overruns Ukraine, it won't be long before that Russian army crosses a border where we would have to send our men and women in uniform to fight. And I I truly do believe that it's in our national interest to give the Ukrainians what they need. Uh, Ukraine is not our war, but freedom is our fight. Uh, And in so doing, uh, uh, I, I truly do believe that we'll be serving the cause of freedom.
1: God willing. Uh, Mike Pence, to find out more about his campaign and his positions, go to MikePence2024.com. All I can do, sir, is wish you uh, Godspeed and thank you for the clarity of your voice. We will be right back on The Medved Show. The
0: Michael Medved Show. All across America. This is The Michael
3: Medved Show.
1: Uh, you can actually do something to change history really you can uh, I was just speaking saying goodbye to Mike Pence and in the middle of the break he pointed out that uh, right now I mentioned that uh, you should go to the website which is Mike Pence one word uh, 2024com it's pretty pretty simple Mike Pence 2024 com and uh, they need A couple of thousand more people to send in even a dollar would do it but if you send in any donation at all to qualify for the debate to get up there on stage to get up there one hopes with Donald Trump uh, but with the other candidates as as well who would be there like Vivek uh, Ramaswamy has already qualified Uh, Chris Christie's already qualified time for Mike Pence to qualify and you can help him do it. Go to MikePence2024.com and uh, they'll make it easy for you to contribute $1, $5, some uh, form of federally legal appropriate contribution and uh, help them get to this uh, uh, $40,000, pardon me, 40,000 donor level uh, where he can participate in the upcoming debates. Uh, that's MikePence2024.com. Uh, meanwhile, there there continues to be conversation about what the uh, third-party candidates mean and what their significance uh, would be. There's a piece uh, which I think is very Persuasive, by Nicole uh, Nerea at Vox.com. And uh, she writes that Democratic West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin didn't rule out the possibility of running as a third-party presidential candidate in 2024 at an event hosted by the centrist group No Labels in New Hampshire last night. He said he was there, quote, to make sure the American people have an option but also that uh, chatter about a possible unity ticket with him and former Utah Governor John Huntsman, a Republican, was premature. And he promised he would not run as a spoiler. Quote, if I get in a race, I'm going to win, he said. But it's hard to see how any possible run with no labels, a bipartisan group that once uh, dubbed a former President Donald Trump a problem solver, and that criticized the committee investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection would amount to a serious candidacy. It's true that many Democrats don't want Biden to run again, and many Republicans say the same of Trump, who is the current GOP frontrunner. But while 2024 may shape up to be the rematch no one asked for, third-party candidates don't have a successful track record in the U.S., and there's no indication a third party candidate would be able to launch a credible challenge to either party's nominee this time if mansion or another third party candidate runs they will probably lose badly no it's not probably they will certainly lose and the reason you can be so certain is because the only way you win as a third party candidate is if you get enough electoral votes to win and that means carrying at least 15 states at least 15 of the 50 states okay you have 51 because you have Washington DC there's also three electoral votes but if you win the right 15 states you can win a majority of the electoral college 270 votes but where in the name of heaven is Joe Manchin going to be able to win, running as an independent, 15 different states? The problem here is if they go ahead and win five states. The last third party candidate we had who won any states at all was George Wallace in 1968. And he won five southern states. He won Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana and Arkansas. I don't believe he won Georgia, but he won five southern states, he won 46 electoral votes. You need 270 to win. George Wallace didn't come close. He didn't even win enough votes to throw the election into the House of Representatives. But here's the point. If the election gets thrown to the House of Representatives, if the third party candidate gets 50 or 100 electoral votes, it's no way that that individual wins. And then the decision goes to the house and the way it works is that each state uh, uh, uh in uh, the congress of the united states all 50 states get one vote each so you don't get extra votes for carrying california you don't get extra votes for, if you're a republican for carrying texas or florida it's uh it, it's basically a situation. Also, where there are, if there's no one in uh, uh, in the House of Representatives right now who describes himself or herself as an independent. So where are the votes going to come from in the House of Representatives? Uh, they're going to come from Republicans and Democrats. So even if you have somebody running for a third-party candidacy, who actually wins the popular vote, gets a plurality, you have no chance of winning the election. It's just not there. And it's terribly misleading and terribly destructive, and it doesn't take us anywhere. Um, Manchin, who's an interesting political figure, is a very successful governor of West Virginia, very popular. He's had several terms as U.S. senator. It said he confirmed last night that he will wait until uh, later this year to announce whether he intends to seek re-election of the Senate against his GOP challenger, the popular West Virginia governor, Jim Justice, who was up by 22 points in a May East Carolina University poll. Perhaps nothing would separate Manchin from Biden and the Democrats so much as his Uh, as running against the sitting president and that's led some observers to speculate that if Manchin does run for president he may do so briefly before launching another bid for the Senate seat though Democrats have had a contentious relationship with him over the past few years many see him as their best chance for holding the seat it seems bizarre to me that after spending the last two and a half years helping Joe Biden and his agenda uh mansion is going to come in now at the 11th hour and sabotage biden's re-election chances said a commentator called amandi even if he gets in the race i think he will pull out before the election and endorse biden which is it seems to me a very interesting concept uh but uh (laughs) again uh because it's going to be literally That will determine the future of the U.S. Senate very possibly because he is the only Democrat with even a remote chance of holding that Senate seat in West Virginia. And the chances are I don't think he would be able to hold it, particularly if it comes after a very uh, uh, short-lived presidential campaign uh, that he is talking about. there is more in uh, the United States. I, uh, I was fascinated by a, a new survey about the worst and the best drivers. <laughs> they, they surveyed the biggest cities in the United States, all the cities of over 100,000 people. And uh, the worst city in the country for traffic accidents for bad drivers, Memphis, Tennessee. And, in fact, Tennessee, generally, Tennessee has four different cities in the top 20 for lousy drivers. And one of the best cities in the country, it's actually a city in Washington state. No, not Seattle. Bellevue, Washington, is number four best drivers in the whole country. When you go over to Bellevue, you could keep that in mind and keep the driving safe and steady. We'll be right back on The MedVet Show.
3: Of what you are saying. Michael Medved.
0: Your outlet for outrage.
1: Where's the outrage? I, I'm shook up and you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be driving down the road, listening to all this. I'm going to wreck the car and sue Michael Medved. Okay, My don't God, sue no. and don't wreck the car. The
3: Michael Medved Show.
1: Well, I certainly hope that uh, after Bellevue uh, rises to the top of the list of uh, safe drivers, a fourth in the whole United States. I hope she wasn't driving over on the east side in Bellevue. Um, meanwhile, tonight is a uh, big deal. It's the closest we've come to having something like a real debate between the two Republican front runners, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Uh, Tonight, Donald Trump is going to be on Fox News uh, doing a a town hall from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, with Sean Hannity. And meanwhile, CNN, with uh, Jake Tapper, uh, is going to be interviewing Ron DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis will officially uh, file his candidacy for the South Carolina GOP presidential primary in Colombia today i think he's already done that and uh... it turns out that uh... kim reynolds who has been uh... something of an issue here she's the governor of iowa she is a real possibility as a uh... g o p candidate for vice president in fact uh... ron DeSantis mentioned that he would consider her seriously as his vice presidential nominee she has announced that uh, she's launching a series of one on one interviews with GOP presidential candidates during the Iowa State Fair. Uh, that is uh, a move that analysts say uh, could bypass uh, traditional media. Reynolds announced on Fox News yesterday that she's launching fair side chats. Get it? Fireside chats Roosevelt had. Franklin Roosevelt. This is fair side chats because the Iowa State Fair. She'll interview Republican presidential hopefuls through the 10-day event uh, at uh, uh, J.R. South Pork Ranch at the fair. Uh, The fair takes place August 10th to 20th. And uh, then uh, there is more. Uh, The Virginia Senate race. Uh, Tim Kaine... Who did such a terrible job? He was an awful candidate for vice president and helped Hillary Clinton lose the presidency to Donald Trump. Tim Kaine is running for reelection for the US Senate. He uh, now has a hard hitting opponent, uh, and uh, his name is Hung Kao, who released a three minute uh, biographical campaign video. He stated that the country has taken a dark turn under Biden's leadership and warned that he would arrest uh, his presidential challenger, um, uh, Trump, uh, that he would, meaning Biden, would arrest his presidential challenger, Trump, evoking the communist takeover of Vietnam. Uh, Hung Cao lost to Representative General Wexton by fewer than seven points in a congressional race last year. Uh, with all of that going on, uh Biden yesterday invited Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to a meeting in the United States for the first time uh since Netanyahu uh re-entered office in December, easing months of tensions about the direction of Israel's government. I think one of the factors here was There was a very hard-hitting editorial that was uh, featured in the Wall Street Journal called What Does Biden Have Against Israel? And uh, there had been some question because Isaac Herzog, the president of Israel, is in the United States right now. He's speaking to Congress, I believe, tomorrow. In fact, I'm sure he is speaking to Congress tomorrow. There are a bunch of lefty Democrats like Pramila Jayapal. And Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, who are not going to be there, who are going to stand up, uh, not stand up, to honor the president of Israel when he speaks to the U.S. Congress, and and again, President Herzog is not a Netanyahu supporter. In fact, he ran against Netanyahu as a leader of an opposition coalition, lost, but then won the ceremonial post of president anyway. He is uh, speaking in Congress tomorrow. And uh, a group of Democrats got together to release a letter yesterday where they expressed their deep concern about the unacceptable comments by Pramila Jayapal, who said that Israel was a racist state. With all of that going on, I, I think that Joe Biden recognized that he had enough problems uh, to face in uh, his uh, attempt to win reelection. He didn't need uh, problems with all of those uh, really tens of millions of people who are evangelical Christians and Jewish people and people of goodwill who support the state of Israel. So he invited uh, our closest ally to come and speak with him. And then if uh, Joe Biden wants to talk about judicial reform in Israel, which really is none of his business, uh, he can talk about that. Uh, Members of the anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s family condemned the candidate's recent comments on how COVID-19 was racially targeted to spare Jewish people, Ashkenazic Jewish people and Chinese people. Family members Kerry Kennedy, uh, his sister, uh, Joseph Kennedy II, his brother, And uh, Representative Joseph uh, Kennedy III, who was his nephew, spoke out against the comments and made sure to state that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. uh, was not associated at all with the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Organization. Uh, Meanwhile, there is a um, uh, rather remarkable status statement by an abortion expert from Missouri uh, named Love Holt, who was speaking to the uh, Democrats of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee and he saw this uh, abortion somehow as being pro-motherhood. Really? Uh, Listen,
2: this is clip 7. Here we are, uh, 400 years after slavery in America and what some would deem a successful book-breaking of our male counterparts. I look at this as an attempt to dethrone the original matriarch and furthermore cause bodily restrictions on black bodies, um, therefore making it harder for us to make normal decisions, therefore perverting our quality of life in a place that we should be free for choice, in whatever direction we like to go in, creating a, another narrative of trauma in the backs of our minds. Because one thing black people will do is strive to thrive. We'll do anything we can to survive and sustain some sense of a sane quality of life, all while trauma is running in the background. So that's what we'll continue to do as these laws try to restrict and confine us, we will power through those traumatic instances, and we will unify to support each other through safe, successful, self-administered abortion.
1: Self-administered abortion? I'm not sure what she has in mind. Uh, there is a new movie. Uh, it's directed by Jesse Eisenberg, who is a terrific actor, and. Uh, It's now uh, being released on streaming and DVD. Now it's time for Medved's Entertainment Minute. Julianne Moore plays a dedicated social worker in a shelter for battered women who has a strained relationship with her only son, who is obsessed with the online fan base he has built up in When You Finish Saving the World, now playing in theaters. Mom, did you try to open the door while I was live streaming? I have 20,000 followers, and I'm validated, and I'm starved. It's is
2: terror hard to get. Are you happy? I think so. Why are you asking me? I fucking switched in you?
1: This is an ambitious directorial debut for actor Jesse Eisenberg, who also wrote the original screenplay. But the mother and son characters that he creates are both so destructive and unpleasant that it will be difficult for audiences to connect. There's also a political edge about redemption coming only from far-left activism. Rated R, mostly for harsh language, two stars for the intriguing but unsatisfying when you finish saving the world. And it's not in theaters right now, it is streaming everywhere and available on DVD if you are interested. You'll be interested tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be talking to uh, Dr. Erica Komisar on gender ideology isn't kids stuff. Why most kids aren't really ready for quote gender affirmation. Uh, We'll also be talking about the uh, transgender leader who says that uh, gender affirming needs to happen so that you don't get the wrong.